welcome our church. We are here in the month of June, and we have come upon this Sunday that follows on the heels of Pentecost. Last week we were birth of the church, and this Sunday is Trinity Sunday. And this could be for us a special time to just really understood what that means in the life of the Christian community. So as we continue in prayer today, I want to ask for your prayers to continue around the theme, the glory of the Great Commission. The glory of the Great Commission. You hear a few extra amens. I just have to tell you, you just might hear. And if you do, I'm very honored and thankful to have Worshiping with us, members of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, the New York Columbia Chapter. Some have decided to come and worship with us today. Check us out on this Trinity Sunday. <laughs> so as we pray together and look forward, I wanted to say that the glory of the Great Commission. You see, after the extensive work and writing of this gospel, Matthew's Jesus leaves us with three very important points rather assignments or tasks, if you will. Like so many other important occurrences in the gospel, the temptations of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus teaches on the Mount of Olives, this critical and final lesson takes place on a mountain. Here Jesus invites his disciples to meet him and he in turn commissions them for the work of the gospel ministry. This final instruction, when Jesus addresses his disciples, happens after the resurrection, but before his ascension. It is an important time and very significant, and Jesus makes no reference to the fact that some of them seem to hesitate. That might be some of us. Just unsure, but he doesn't even acknowledge that. Not once did he even seem to second guess whether they would take heed to his commandment in what we now know today as the Great Commission. As we survey the tasks Jesus leaves for his followers, then and now, the first is clearly an evangelism effort to the world. Jesus commissions it by saying to the disciples to go and make disciples of all nations. This is the work of spreading the good news of Jesus Christ and not eliminating your soul, our target. <laughs> Everyone needs to be brought into the faith and obedience of Jesus Christ, our risen Lord, is what the writer is telling us. And then the second task is to baptize the new believers. Jesus commands the disciples to baptize the sisters and brothers in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. You don't baptize in your name, your pastor's name, or anyone else's name, for that matter. We just had a baptism here, just a couple Sundays ago, and I see one of the new baptized Christians here in our midst worshiping today. We give God glory for that. And another important note is that the act of baptism is not optional, but central to living out the commandment. This assignment was not given with any restrictions. You see, Jesus himself linked baptism to his own death. It is a symbol of the commitment to new life. And even one scholar says that baptism is designed to commit us to dying with Jesus and coming to share his new life. Yes, we are entering into a new life once we're baptized. And this, yes, is a special act and a holy ritual. 
And we're all seeking to emulate him. So we continue with that in the church even today and we'll continue until Jesus Christ returns. But baptism is the public, physical, and visible way in which someone is marked out when scholars that spread it almost with the holy name. And that leads me to the third assignment. The third assignment may be the last, but it's certainly not the least. You see, the glory and the great commission is giving us things that we ought to be doing on behalf of Jesus. And this task given to the disciples is to teach. You see, next to only preaching the gospel and baptizing new believers is the teaching of the faith. How are we commending our holy faith? What Jesus is saying here is that everyone who commits to following him but must be a teacher to others. This is what it means to religiously educate our community, you see? This is what it means to submit to messages in the Bible. And that's why we have to study the Bible, because how are we to teach? Jesus says to them, what I have given to you, you are to share. Yes, he says, do not hoard the lessons to yourself. There's enough in the Bible for just more than you alone. Do not sell the gospel short, because even in this glory of the Great Commission, many churches, many people, many in the Christian faith have always wanted to tell that this is what we are to do, go out and make new disciples and baptize them, and then we leave it there. Who is doing the teaching? And yes, we have entered the season of grad graduation, and next Sunday, Gary Christ Church will honor our high school graduates. However, we are not teaching to give a high school diploma. We're not teaching to give a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, or even a doctoral philosophy degree. But you are teaching to give the principles by which we live out of faith and love all God's creation. So the question is not whether we will teach. It is what we are to teach. We are not here to teach HVAC systems. No, we, we don't know anything about the air conditioning. We do not go to Hamburger University to make the best Big Macs you might find. No, we don't teach about making burgers. We are not here to teach sewing and needlepoint, crocheting and cross stitch. We are here to teach the Word of God. We do not even have to guess what we are to teach. The Bible is replete with lessons that gives everyone a sense of their fullness. If you heard it in the Psalter today, it says that we've been created a little lower than the angels. How many times have we talked back to someone secret to find their purpose and their way in this world? You see, this gospel ends with the work of disciple making as its focus. It signifies a promise that God leaves with the church. The Psalter today is teaching us that we each carry the Imago Dei, made in the image of God. The psalmist says in glorious tone that we need to read and hear and affirm not only our goodness, but our godliness. You see, some might challenge this today, but I think we have lost sight of this. Somewhere, there is something that's confusing folk. As we enter National Gun Violence Awareness Month, this seems to not have registered. Or somewhere along the way, we have failed to teach the principal message of Psalm 8. Because it says to us that we are making a little lower of the angel. Who is God that God is mindful of us? How is it that we would take the opportunity to assault one another and kill without any regard for human life? Somebody's not teaching, and we all have a job to do that. 
is the glory of the Great Commission. You see, instead of reflecting back on the purpose this song has for us and why it was chosen, even for the Voyager 8, if you did not know, you may want to look that up. It was chosen to travel out of space with those astronauts when they went out. The Voyager 8, I tell you, knew how it was so important to be connected to the God of all creation. Those astronauts needed a sense of divine purpose and revelation to carry out their mission. We pause to recognize that this was not only important for them, it's important for us now. Some of you may have seen this past uh, weekend as we entered into this national month of, of gun violence awareness and how sad that is that now we have to give recognition to this, right? That mass and school shootings are uniquely an American epidemic. Now we are constantly offering prayers for the eternal rest of all the souls who have perished at the hands of gun violence and their families for in mourning. We need even a revival by the work of the Holy Spirit. We need to return to teaching about humanity's goodness and our godliness. Yes, the late Archbishop Desmond Tutu said, we are made for goodness. We are made for love. We are made for friendliness. We are made for togetherness. He says, we are made of all the beautiful things that you and I know. We are made to tell the world that there are no outsiders. Bishop Jesuit Tutu says, all are welcome. Black, white, red, yellow, rich, poor, educated, not educated, male, female, gay, straight, all, all, all. We all belong to this family. He says, this Human family is God's family. And this is what we are called to teach. And finally, we must realize that we will never complete the tasks until the day of Jesus Christ. So whether you start or finish, we have to all remain teaching. As someone once said, the Christians around the world gave as much energy to it as they do to learning so many other things, we would make more headway. We will make more heaven with the gospel than we usually do. It is unfortunate that we do not take more stock in the comforting words that Jesus closes the assignment with. He says, And lo, I am with you, even until the end of the age. So, for those who are struggling and they think that that moment they are faced with the most daunting of challenges, that's not the end. Jesus says, I am with you even until the end of the age. And we ought to have glad hearts when we hear this promise. We are sure that the assignments to go out and make disciples, baptize the disciples, and teach the disciples are not of our own strength, but the strength of Jesus Christ. So happy Holy Trinity, everybody. You didn't know what this meant. Now I hope you take one lesson with you. Go out and teach something good about God's word to someone else. Because we need to be teaching. And teaching doesn't require us to come up with something new. We have a whole Bible complete with lessons. And so all we have to do is pull down one. We have uh, one lesson we can tell is like we teach children. God is love. We can teach them as we see in the tiles here at Christ Church. We seek to do, we, we seek to love God above all things. This is our mission, right? and our neighbors as ourselves. We seek to love. That's a lesson to teach. Maybe we would stop gun violence. 
That's a lesson that teaches we enter into pride. Mode. We seek to love God above all things and nothing. Here's the last one for our consideration in this moment. Nothing can separate us. We find written in the word of God, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Through Christ Jesus, I believe. Amen.